Welcome to the Insurance Talent Podcast, featuring insights and discussion on key talent and leadership topics in an evolving marketplace. Welcome to the Insurance Talent Podcast. I'm Greg Jacobson, co-CEO of the Jacobson Group. Today, I'm joined by two of my colleagues at the Jacobson Group, Judy Busby, Senior Vice President of Executive Search, and Mike Abate, Managing Director in our Executive Search Division, to discuss succession planning within the insurance industry. Recently, the Jacobson Group conducted a survey among insurance carriers to gauge the industry's succession planning readiness, as well as how insurers are approaching their plans. In today's discussion, we'll explore some of these results and also share some insight on how organizations can take a comprehensive approach to succession planning that spans across all organization levels. Judy and uh, Mike, thank you for joining me. Yeah, great to be here, Greg. Thanks for having me, Greg. So let me let me jump right in. Uh, Judy, um, can you share some background information on the study? Sure. Our study just uh, recently took place in September and was open to insurance carriers across all the verticals. Um, our goal was to provide the baseline as leaders evaluate and refine their own plans and position their organization for future success. So, and we conducted a similar study in partnership with carrier management in 2014 and 2016. And while those iterations were focused solely on the CEO succession planning, we're able to use a lot of that insight to help us identify how the industry has progressed over the last couple of years. Great. Mike, what were some of the uh, study's key findings? So thanks, Greg. Uh, we found that 35% of the respondents uh, have written CEO succession plans are in place, which is about three points lower than the study that was done in 2016 and about seven points lower than the 2014 study. Uh, however, nearly half of the respondents have succession plans for other C-suite positions and senior leadership roles. And so those senior leadership roles were identified or defined as VP and SVP and 38% do not have any succession plans in place. We also uncovered the majority of the respondents, about 56% rate their company's overall succession plans as typical with 21% rating it below average or poor and 24% rating it above average or excellent. So that, what did you say, 38% of companies don't have any sort of succession plan. That would not be a concern at all if the average age of our executives were in their 20s, right? But that's not the case in the insurance industry, I assume. That is correct. I mean, if we think about what, uh, you know, we're an aging uh, population in the insurance sector. Uh, when you think about some of the statistics, when you have nearly 2 million people that retired unexpectedly last year, you've got, uh, you know, 50% of the current workforce is looking to retire in the next 15 years. The average age is 46. Yep, Greg, that's a that's a challenge. That's an opportunity. Here. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 uh, somewhat stunning actually, that that large you know more more than a third of the companies don't have any succession planning whatsoever, and only a third of the companies have CEO succession plans. It's concerning. Yeah, and and, and when you sit there and say you got 20% that say it's below average or poor, I mean those are the honest ones. Um, you know, and 24% and are saying they're above average or excellent. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of room for opportunity, especially at the most critical role. Judy, do you want to uh, share some of the CEO specific findings and the, how they compare to previous years? Yeah, sure. So overall, organizations are becoming more confident uh, in their CEO succession plans, which is great to hear. Um, and HR is playing a more significant role in this succession planning process. 
uh, and 50% of the organization shared their board has appointed a succession planning committee and has really taken to heart how important this is. Um, this is about 25 points higher than in both the 2016 and 2014 study. Now, um, if you look at it a different way, 58% of respondents shared it would take two months to put that CEO in place at this point in time, compared to 38% uh, that said in 2016 and 27% in 2014. So there is some time it's gonna take to get that uh, CEO um, you know, uh, in position to be making a meaningful impact. Right, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the, it was two plus months, so it could be two to something some other number right yeah and and my guess is that there may be a little bit um uh too much uh, optimism there and that in, especially if oh, if 35 percent of the companies are saying they already they have a succession plan in place that's not a lot right i mean that right. that's concerning frankly yeah so. they're at risk right Greg? because how do you how do you pick your next ceo in two months if you if you don't have those plans in place or you don't know what you're looking for from a skills and capability standpoint, right? Absolutely. So um, I'll throw this out to either one of you. Was there anything that was really um, surprising about the study's results? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in there, Greg. There was a couple of things in particular. Um, I think one of the things was only 26% have written succession plans in place for their mid-level managers and nearly 40% have none at all. And I thought that was extremely surprising when you think about um the significance and the importance of focusing on future leaders um this is a significant uh opportunity you can turn it and flip it on on its head and say this is an opportunity um to proactively prepare um uh, for both the planned and unexpected organizational changes um that are occurring every day and really focus on addressing that middle management area and ensuring that that they have these succession plans for the next for that next level. Yeah, and I, I, and I would hate to throw cold water on the findings, but I would say of the, that 20 some odd percent that you said that actually do have plans, I mean, that those plans are not going to all work out with competition being the way it is. Um, and people leaving at a much greater rate, the turnover rate in the insurance industry is significantly higher than it ever has been in, in the past even those the best laid plans won't work out so i don't right. know how these these other companies that don't aren't doing this at all are gonna uh fare when when it um you know comes time to to replacing some of those leaders right and i would say there's probably more unexpected uh turnover greg than in the future than there was in the past just because there's not significant consequences for people to move from one company to the other. And there's more competition for the talent, especially in a remote uh, environment for, for you know, offering that some of these companies are doing. And so the, the competition is the United States, not the local or regional area for talent. And so we're, we're not only pressed with low unemployment, but we're also pressed with more competitors in our you know, area of the country and with other industries and even our own industry. So it's just, it, for me, it's getting more magnified every year and even more important for every company to have deep and solid succession plans at every level. I, I agree. And I think the key actually is is uh, deep because 
if it's um, you know just one person behind each role that's considered that succession plan, and now the market for that person who's waiting for a role is the entire country because of all this, you know, working, you know, this remote working. The chances are that that person's not going to be around when, when, it, uh, when, it, when it's when he's that he or she is needed, right? Right, and, and I think it's even harder to hire for those positions because you need more of them typically than you need of the one CEO you have in your company, and so they're the ones I think people are struggling with the most um, with all that competition. So, yeah, I I mean, if we haven't done it up to this point, I. I would imagine that we'd all be doing it over the next year or two as we experience the shifts in our labor force as well as our retention rates. So uh, one of the survey questions asked about the most important traits for, the, for a future CEO and strategic mindset and interpersonal skills were tied for that top spot. What can leaders take away from this information? So Judy, I'll jump in there. So if you think about strategic mindset and what's core to strategic mindset, Greg, and, and, and then couple that with the next response, which were um, high level interpersonal skills and emotional intelligence. I think the opportunity there is to think about what's core under each of those opportunities, right? Or those areas. So you think about strategic mindset and you think about the ability to plan, uh, to take strategic risks, uh, show creativity, not accepting the status quo, always seeking knowledge, willing to adapt. These are all critical to that strategic mindset. And then when you couple it with, uh, you know, the definition of strong interpersonal skills or emotional intelligence, and, and you think about what's core there, it's communication skills, both verbal and nonverbal, it's, it's active listening, it's empathy, it's attitude, teamwork, all of these different attributes kind of lead yourself to really a strategic roadmap of identifying what's core to the organization and and then really think about what tools they have available to identify who those uh, key uh, contributors or core roles in the organization that have shown those skill sets. And then think about plotting them with traditional tools like, I don't know, nine box grid is, is something that, that comes to mind, um, which, which you can leverage to, to put people in different boxes on that grid and really show who's ready now, maybe within the next you know, six to 12 months, who's ready 12 to 18 months and maybe 18 plus, and then identify where there's opportunities um, to be able to either move people up that have those skill sets today that are ready um, or really identify the gaps. I think that's the, the other significant opportunity, um, but, but this is just a really great opportunity. They've identified what those things are now the most important part is do they have a very clear objective plan on how to get there and really identify um, those that are already there or more importantly those that are not there and what it takes to get them there yeah yeah i think that's a great point judy do, do you think that those i mean those skills uh, strategic mindset and interpersonal skills i mean is it do you either have them or you don't or can you develop them because i think that's the key here yeah greg you know Emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills can absolutely be developed. And I think today it's even a greater need as, as that mid-level tier of managers are trying to learn how to manage in a hybrid situation, in a remote situation. All of that requires even more emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills to connect with all of those individuals um, to keep them and retain them. And so 
any, you know, there's so many opportunities to bring in external coaches, to bring in mentors, to even set up programs within the companies to help those develop those skills so that they're ready to be these future leaders that we need as well. And so it is absolutely a learnable skill, um, all of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this, this discussion will um, bring some insight into that and put some, I, I would say, time and effort uh, into your employees, especially those that are really high potential because we can't afford to lose them in our companies. Right, absolutely. What are some other skills and attributes that you think companies are looking for now? Judy, you probably have an answer on this. Um, and, and how can they be developed as part of a succession plan for any role? So, so taking skills and attributes and understanding how your employees are growing themselves and what's their interest in growing. Um, are they curious? Are they agile? Do they dig into uh, whatever role they're put in or whatever cross company initiative they're part of? Those are the folks that will be able to grab on to new and innovative roles for your organizations. And how do you think about that and move them across horizontally to really take your organization into the future? And so um, also I think being a people leader is even more important today than it was pre-COVID because it's harder to connect with all of your employees and it takes a lot of intentionality to do it. And so who are you connecting with? What are their interests? How are you appreciating them and valuing them? And then how are you setting them up for success from, a, from growing in themselves so that they can contribute at a higher level and feel more fulfilled? in your organization. So I think all of it ties together, Greg, and that will help your retention, right? Because at the end of the day, every one of our employees is another company's candidates. And that really hits home with me. I think about that every day of everybody that I'm interacting with, and I wanna make sure they feel important, they feel appreciated, and they know the value that they're bringing to our company. Okay, so going back to um, the succession planning process, or what are the, what are some of the key elements of a strong succession plan? So, so I'll jump in here. So, um, it's really important to identify several people in the organization that have potential to start. I also think you need to to think about those folks that are doing incredible work that maybe are. Um, where they want to be in the organization. And so there, there's what's known as um, uh, limited progression in some specific roles in companies. And this is an opportunity for companies to move people horizontally within their company to continue to progress them while someone else is in the seat above them so that they're going to um, really expand and broaden their business acumen in, in multiple functional areas. So then when they finally do get in whatever seat that is, that there's already a really um, high performing um, executive in, they'll be ready and even broader in the future. And so I think you need to look at ready, like Mike said, ready now, ready in the future, but where are positions that people are already doing a great job. And then how do you continue to progress people all throughout the organization in unique and different ways than we used to in the past? 
Yeah, I, I agree. In fact, I've, you know, I've seen um, the companies that have done a really good job in succession planning have done a lot of this horizontal movement. Yet, you don't really see that many companies doing it. And, and I think a lot of it is because um, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking about the short-term workflow that, that has to take place instead of the long-term vision for, for talent. Um, and I think that's something that companies should really consider doing more of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I mean, I think at this point, we have to continue to um, grow our talent or they're going to go elsewhere because people want to grow and be challenged or they get bored and then they get open to other opportunities that maybe they hadn't been open to in the past. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I would add, Greg and Judy, it's, it's the ability to evolve and to be flexible and nimble and to identify, you know, the changes that are necessary. So, so I think if you think through the lens of what's happened since the pandemic, I mean, everything that Judy mentioned is core, right? But it's the ability to really identify alignment to the strategic imperatives too. So I think that some have just fallen back on old plans and old styles and, and thinking through that lens as opposed to really thinking through the lens of what are those critical skill sets that are necessary and how do they align with those opportunities with the skill sets that exist, right? So some of those roles have evolved. When they hired individuals into certain roles, it was for a specific need, but those needs, the customer's needs, the focus on the customer has evolved and have they aligned the succession plan to that strategic imperative or those changes? And I think that's where they're, there's opportunities, especially to Judy's point in this type of environment, being virtual and where there were traditional personal development plans that were focused in person, very structured. And that's where there's some opportunities for some evolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let, let me ask you a question. Um, what are your thoughts, both of you, um, on the uh, the amount of employee involvement in this process? I think that's always a question is, do you want to tell people that they're high potentials or, and, and that really, it's, it's the question is not really about that specific um, issue. It's really about how much, in, how involved should the employees be in helping to de uh, develop this uh, succession planning process? So, so I would say the employee needs to be a big part of what they aspire to. What energizes them? Where do they, uh, where are their interests? And, and see where that aligns or doesn't align with certain organization strategies moving forward. And then together that all that data needs to be put together to determine succession. Because if you're having a path for an employee or a leader that they don't see is their path, then that's where you're not leveraging their, you know, their growth and where their intentions are. And so I think it needs to be a little bit of both. Now, if you're talking about, should they determine exactly what roles they should take? Probably, I'm not sure they always know what roles are needed because they may not have been involved in the strategic planning process, or maybe they don't have an understanding of any acquisitions that are being looked at. And so I think it's really, um, it has to ebb and flow at every level, depending upon the, um, the performance of that employee and where they are, and then how does that align forward? So I, I think it's yes for all of it. And in what degree, I think it matters 
how the organization is moving and are they changing a lot or is it a steady um, growth? So all of that really has to be taken into consideration. And, and I think I would just add, Judy, I think it's the top talent, right? right? It's engaging your top talent and really uh, thinking through the lens and really just, just asking for feedback. There's nothing wrong that comes out of asking feedback from your top talented people. And if you think about the quiet quit, uh, traditionally what you're, what you're seeing is your top talent are the ones that are leaving the organization because they don't feel like they're engaged. They don't feel like they're, they're being listened uh, to or being asked or, or heard. And so from, from that perspective, it's critically important to involve them. But to Judy's point, um, it, it's important to get that feedback, but not necessarily to the point where, I mean, you want to set expectations as to why you're engaging in that feedback and how this will play in the succession planning process. So be very clear and transparent about that as well. Yeah, this is all very circular, right? I mean, it's not just about succession planning, but it's succession planning, uh, talent engagement, recruiting, yeah. retention, and it's all part of one. And you, and you have to have all ends of the wheel or all parts of the wheel in order to be successful and really to be to meet your corporate goals. Otherwise, it's just very difficult to do so without the right talent. So this this has been a great conversation. This is only a little bit of the information that was kind of uncovered in our, our study. Um, I want to thank uh, Judy and Mike uh, for joining uh, us today. And um, if you would like additional information, um, the link to download the full results of our 2022 insurance industry succession planning study can be found in the podcast notes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to talk more about these topics, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And uh, please make sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes of the Insurance Talent Podcast are available. Thank you.